pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Mark. I'm Matt. I'm the other Matt. And I'm Lena. So we left people hanging last episode, only talking about when not to leave a church. But there are a few pretty obvious reasons to leave a church. So in light of that, what would you say, um, what would be a, a main reason to leave a church? The most simplest and obvious is false teaching and the lack of gospel. I mean, if you don't have the gospel, you don't even have a church. church. <laughs> but um, false, bad teaching, um, aberrant, sectarian type of teaching, um, there's just no place for it. You get out of there. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, oftentimes what happens when you get the new pastor coming in and he comes in with his pet doctrines or he's going to fix it. Um, that's where people should be watching and listening really careful. The problem today is that our churches are doing such a bad job of teaching that a person doesn't know they're under bad teaching. Um, and so that's very discouraging. But again, that, and that's the kind of people I look at some of the churches out there and I'm thinking you shouldn't be there because no, they, they're, they're not teaching sound doctrine at I'm, all. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but is, do you see a difference between false teaching and bad teaching? Yeah. Okay. And- well, false teaching is, I mean, Gnosticism, right? I mean, Christ did not, yeah, yeah, it's it's Christ did not come in the flesh. Um, he's not part of one of the Trinity. You know, salvation is by works. So that's false teaching. Um, heretic, her, her, heretical. That's a hard word for me to say. <laughs> There's bad teaching though, where you know it's it's light and fluffy and airy and filled with all kinds of funs and toys and video clips and kazoos. I mean, I t- we talked about that one church mm-hmm. that on, I think it was Easter, they bring out the kazoos and they're all humming on their kazoos. It's like, oh, come now. We're, we're here to worship the Lord and remember his resurrection and we're humming on a kazoo. Early, you have to you shelf know? that one for this Easter then. Yeah. We're not doing <laughs> it. You know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment to the gospel, but there's just bad teaching there. I mean, I, I, I'm betraying my theological roots, but I would not advocate um, a person, unless they believe in an Arminian theology, if they're convinced of that, I would not, I would call that bad teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, if you're wanting to grow, that's not where you want to be. And I mean, I was part of the Arminian kind of doctrines, and I don't want to get into all that. Sure. It can get too heavy right now, but, you know, I would call that bad teaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they're going to camp on this type of a theological system or that. And it's all about the system rather than, again, just trying to bring the Word of God to bear. So, yeah, yeah I think there's, there is a difference. But I would say either one of those is a good reason to leave the church if you're not in a position to change those things. Good. Um, another one would be, which are blowing up all over the place, or I should say popping up. Kind of hope they blow up, but uh, consumer or <laughs> it's <laughs> true, it's true. I just wish, <laughs> yeah, c- yeah, uh, consumer right, or market driven right. churches. Um, 
Okay, so this is the church that's more about reaching the lost than it is about equipping the saints. The moment, if I'm just saying, if somebody's listening to this and their church is all about we're, we're about the lost, then they should seriously begin to rethink why they're there. Because the leadership doesn't understand what the church exists for. It's not for the lost. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the old debate is, should a church be a hospital for sinners or unbelievers, or should it be a feast for Christians? Right. So the gathering of the Sunday morning gathering, is that primarily for unbelievers or for believers? It's for the believers. Well, right. Yeah. Right. It's just gotten so twisted over time. You just think, yeah. well, I'm going to blame so Bill Hybels and the whole Willow Creek model because they're the ones that popularized, you know, Seeker the seeker-sensitive yeah. idea, and and it's gotten gone from that to worse, which is semi-Pelagianism. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> which is bad and false, false teaching, te heretical. Well, that's that's yeah. false teaching. You're right. Yeah. Um, what is semi-Pelagianism? I opened it. It's essentially, it's it's a it's basically where um, you have to make the first step toward God, and then God comes and meets you where you are. Um, but what that implies is you have some capacity in you to make that first step, right? So, so this, so these consumer market-driven, the assumption there is people are seeking God. Name it, claim it. When, no, but no. when the Bible says what, there's none who seek God, no, not one. Um, right, but what they're right, saying right. is, is there's there's these people who who are seeking after God, and so what we're going to do is provide a place for them. We're going to jump on the cultural trends yeah. bandwagons to. You know, get their attention so they can get in, and then we can now we now we got them, so we can give them the gospel, um, type of. Deal. So oh, now, okay. now what you have right. in, so in churches is what's called. Okay. They're they're actually have churches, and it's you know they're exegeting the movies. You know, and so we're going to play a movie, and then we're going to talk about its cruciform shape. And right. you're like, some gospel no, theme. that was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and esoteric it, symbolism. Yeah, it, it, but it's embarrassing, but it's going on, and people are like, this is cool. We're giving you popcorn. And you're like, yeah, but but you're not equipping the saints. Yeah. I mean, so, the biblical model is you're equipping the saints so they can go back into the world and do the work right. of service. Right, and that's Ephesians 4. 11 through 16, equip you know. the saints for the work of the service, right? Um, so, and, and you just said it, the the pulpit and the church should be, you know, giving them the, the tools, the knowledge, all the equipment, if you will, to go into the world so they can do the ministry of, of seeking out the lost, not sitting here because you assume that the lost are seeking God. Well, and another passage I, I actually made a Facebook on post on was, in first or second Timothy, he's like, what what is the command of Timothy? He's like, preach a word in season and out of season. And the reason is because there's a time coming in which they will no longer tolerate sound mm -hmm. doctrine, but they'll accumulate for themselves these teachers who will tickle their ears. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're living in right now is the answer. It's not a good thing when you see the pastor up there throwing out jokes and being really edgy and trendy and everything else, that's a bad sign. Mm -hmm. um, and and the fact that the churches are filled up there is not a good sign either. That's not a sign of God's blessing. It's a sign of His curse. Yeah. It, uh, you know that that they are literally being starved to death. Um, the answer is always the same: go and preach a word. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's that. But there's other passages as well. Right. I mean, so you have you have Colossians three sixteen, um, where it says Christian, you know sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to God. And so Christians sing to other Christians mm -hmm. and to their God. That's the point. There's a, a horizontal and a vertical thing. There it also says, 
um, you know, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you, but not just dwell in you, dwell in you richly, which means there needs to be a depth of, of teaching, a depth, a depth of, of giving the people Christ in the fullness of who he is, which means expository preaching. But <laughs> um, so there should be an increasing level of depth, you know, concerning who God is and what he's called us to be. And we can point people to the podcast we did about expository preaching, but there's expository preaching and then there's a fake kind that never, it, it, that, and because that's the new trend too, because a poll came out and said that people want more expository mm -hmm. preaching and magically everyone now says they're doing expository preaching. I'm like, no, you're not. They, they, they still walk away no closer to grasping what that text is saying. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So the, the conclusion then is, is the gathering of, of people on Sunday mornings is the gathering of the saints. It's, it's for believers to come together. And so this isn't a, a deal where we're trying to make space for unbelievers. Now they're welcome and they can come and we have them every single Sunday at our church, mm -hmm. but that's not what we're about. That's not our target group. If I can use a consumer yeah. label. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, what, what, why, yeah, what is <laughs> yeah, the goal you. of the church? Why do they show up on a Sunday and what are they doing on a Sunday and why are they doing it for, for whom? Yeah. And, um, so that's, that's a huge one. Uh, I would, uh, a, a one that's more awkward and hard to explain is you, you need, you need to leave a church when you have, uh, unrepentant sin and leadership. Um, you know, if your pastor, the pastor, the elders, whatever is the leadership structure of the church, if, they're in sin and it's it's now come out and they're not repenting of it. I mean, and it's very clear they're repenting of it. You need to get out of there because it's poisoned at the roots or at the very top. And I mean, right now in Chicago, a very high profile church, their, their sin is splashed all over the place now in the public sector. You know, they actually were suing the people who were explaining the things going wrong and now all of a sudden the pastor has taken a sabbatical and it's like sabbatical come on come on let's just deal with this but we saw it with the whole mess up with mark driscoll and mars hill church and what made me so angry was how many other external church leaders were coming in to try to counsel and speak into it but they didn't and it eventually imploded and tens of thousands of people were affected because of bad leadership and people were not getting out when they should have gotten out. Yeah. So you, you, you need to know it. Now this has to be real sin and it needs to be known. I mean, it's, you, you can't just suspect something or right. somebody told you, um, first, first Timothy five still protects that you need to have two to three witnesses to this and, and the facts need to be out there, but it happens all the time. And, you know, in, in the charismatic kind of new apostolic movement, they, they, they'll talk about how, you know, we don't want to touch God's anointed and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's just terrible doctrine. Get out of there. Get out of there. This is a dangerous church when the leadership is openly sinning and not turning from it. Yeah. Um, with that, we'd also say there are, are wise reasons to leave. Um, and yeah, and they're not fun to talk about, but they're, I think, important. Yeah, uh, one major one is leave for the sake of unity. Um, we get that from Ephesians chapter four and verse three, um, that we're, we're all commanded as believers to preserve that unity of the spirit. Now we're not trying to attain that spirit, unity of the spirit or get it, we already have it. 
Um, this is what Jesus prayed for in John 17. And so we're commanded then to preserve that unity. Um, and so, you know, if, there, if there's honest doctrinal differences um, that you can't simply just look over or pass over um, and you're not in a position of true influence within the church, then, you know, you might want to consider leaving to, so that you can go and worship with the body believers in true unity of doctrine. Yeah, no, that's, it's true though, because, you know, I've, I've done this again many, many times in my years of somebody comes in and they have a doctrinal difference and they start to voice it. And if it's always nice that they'll come to me, it seldom ever happens, but they'll come to me and just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you on that. And we can sit down and meet um, and we can talk about it, and we can work through things. And if they're right, hopefully I would see that. If if they're not right, hopefully they'll come to see it. But um, if if at the end of that, we, we're at an impasse, and this is not a little thing. It's not whether we should have wine or juice, right? but something of significance. You know, at some point, if you cannot be at peace with that and accept that the fact that the pulpit is not going to be teaching certain things that you believe in, the best thing you can do is, is to leave um, and go find another like-minded place in which you can go and worship. I think I think one of the simplest ways to preserve unity in the church is to ad, 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 acknowledge the presence of the denominations and the value of them. Yes. That if you really do believe in an Arminian theology, you you understand that and you've worked it through, and that's where you're at. By golly, you should be there. Um, you, you're going to be going crazy at Missio Dei Fellowship, um, but it needs to be an honest difference that. At this point, it's a conviction, and and you can't come to it. Yeah, you you need to be able to worship in purity of conscience. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you, and you don't need to be that person sitting there shaking your head during the sermon. Mm -hmm. You know, you that's disunity when right. you, when you're letting everybody in the church know that you don't agree with pastor. It's like what to what end? Right. Um, you know, go. <laughs> yeah. So so we we've talked a lot on these um, on reasons to leave a church but we actually don't have that many um, compared to the list of reasons to stay. Um, but the, the reasons to leave are big reasons and important reasons, and there is a time to leave. In fact, I'd say, and they're non-negotiable reasons. Yeah. You're a fool, in other words, if you ignore them. Yeah, but having said that, in light of just the, the bulk of the lists here, there's few biblical reasons to leave a church. Right. And you know, back in the day, when there was only one local church, you don't have an option to just go to the next. And so you had to work things out. And, um, you know, I, I would argue that probably that that would be good for your sanctification because <laughs> yeah. you can't just go shopping at some different church. It's like, I got to work out this issue and you grow. I, th I think a simple thing of counsel I could give somebody is you, you should be looking at the trajectory of the church because let's say you come and visit a church and a new pastor just come in and he's a good man. I mean, I'm thinking of a guy in our town right now who's been now a couple years in our town as a pastor, and he's a good man. He loves the Lord. He's a faithful teacher. Mm -hmm. He's a diligent teacher, and he's sticking it out, um, and he's in a very difficult church context, yeah. but he's he's hanging in there. Well, if I hear people that are there, I want them to stay um, because the direction that church is moving, if they'll give them a chance, 
it's it's going to be a good thing, but they're going to have to weather some hard times. So don't leave them. That that's so discouraging to a faithful pastor, who's they need some faithful people just to be able to encourage them. So look at the trajectory. But then when you got somebody and and we're heading rapidly toward a vapid frivolity, yeah. Um, that that's that trajectory never ends well. I mean, it, at some point, it's it's going to end in just utter shame for the gospel. Uh, 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 you know, shaming. Uh, I'm not saying it well. It, it, you're going to just bring shame to the name of the gospel. Yeah. Um, it, it, you you're going to be truly a fool, and get out of there. You shouldn't be supporting it and being part of that because it's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. So look at the trajectory, and it's not that hard. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, so those are reasons to leave it to to not leave a church. Reasons to leave a church. Let's talk about how to leave a church. Like, so maybe you should leave. Is there a bad way to leave the church? Well, there's annoying ways. <laughs> you know, you can just stop coming. Yeah, and that's always. A, I mean, I've had that over the years, and you're like, you know, and then get I, angry when the church takes you off the membership list. Yeah, or well, we we. <laughs> We had somebody. I remember we had early you been on here in six months. I don't bass in the baptismal. <laughs> well, we, we we had a person when we first came here who would come maybe once every four weeks, you know, and and it was not always the same yeah. Sunday, right? And so we didn't really look for them because they were barely there. And then one day we noticed they hadn't been there for a while, and so Kim asked a family member, "Hey, where are they at?" And they're like, "Well, they left the church. When?" Well, nobody asked about when they were when they weren't there. Nobody asked about them. Well, they they came once every four Sunday or so. So Kim's like, you know, I'm so sorry. I called them. We we sought their forgiveness. And then Kim actually would call. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Did you say throw a bass in the baptismal? I said a large bass in the baptismal. That's a way to leave the church. So screw the whole. Story now, it just cut us out. It was a good ending. I love this ending, dude. I I was trying to keep it together. This guy, I just the picture kept coming back. I couldn't help it. There is no picture that was frivolity and vapidness. The the the. the that I end up on the podcast. Uh, what? No, a bass in the baptismal. Yes. No, I think it should. I know. I think it's gold. Yeah, that's. Problem number forty-four of this whole. <laughs> so, so you'd say that um, go. You, you need to go talk to talk to pastor, your pastors, or at least try to. I mean, there's yeah. sometimes where it's just not a reasonable, yeah, uh, thing to do. But you should make every effort to just say, "Look, you know, I'm I'm concerned." Um, I had that, and I was able to appeal to the guy who said you know, appreciate your being here. I was just brand new. And he's like, and I, I appealed to him, like, would you give me six months? And then if if you don't like where we're at, leave. Mm-hmm. And the guy's still here um, 20 years later, yeah. you know, but it was, I think we're going to make some changes, but you, give me a chance. Yeah. Um, but he was wore out. Um, but go talk to a pastor. At the very worst, nothing changes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and your decision is confirmed for you that, yeah, I need a leap. At least you're not stabbing somebody or being just a jerk. Yeah. In light of that, um, we would also say leave in a good standing. You know, don't don't leave because I'll give an extreme. Church discipline started on you 
<laughs> that's called scrambling, though, right? And so now, now we're going to leave because we don't agree with it, or we don't like it, or it's shameful. Um, well, yeah, we have churches in our town who know full well that we started or actually did church discipline somebody. They're like, yeah, they can come, and I'm like, yeah, leave in good with a good standing with them. Work it out as best you can to be at peace. Uh, Paul's commands and Romans. Yeah, uh, yeah. but also if you're going to leave, leave. Yes, don't drag it out and don't try to drag everybody with you. It's like a bad breakup. Yeah, mm -hmm. just leave fully and quickly. Yep. Yeah. And we would say quietly, right? So you don't have to announce everything or start, you know, privately priming the pump before you leave that you're going to be leaving. Here's all the reasons why. Um, that, that kind of thing really, you know, whether it's legit or not, it does foster distrust among the people in leadership, which isn't fair necessarily, depending on the reason why you're leaving. Now, let, let me throw this in, though, is all of this is assuming that you're leaving a reasonable church. It may not be a great church, sure. but yeah. a reasonable one. Yeah. But what, what about if you've got a church that's just gone whack? I mean, they're, they're off the rails. They're, they're you know. Yeah. So I, I talk. They got dancing ponies up on the stage <laughs> and free ice cream to new visitors and, you know, the... The mm -hmm. pastor who weighs way too much is wearing skinny jeans, right? <laughs> You're like, what has happened? Right. You know, Santa Claus on something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a good thing. I mean, do you have to? Is there a place or time where you would say you should leave and you should be grabbing friends? Yes, but that's the key word. Is it, I mean, I would say with people you have good relationships with, um, and that you know and who know you and trust you. Um, and you just explain to them, you know, take them out for a meal, whatever, and just say, hey, here's the, here's what, here's the reason I'm leaving. Here's all the steps I took. I talked with the leadership. You know, I, I opened up the word of God with them and was able to show them biblically why I disagree. Um, and ultimately they said, no, this is what we're doing. Um, but I, I'm here to tell you as a friend, you know, these, these are bad reasons for you to be at this church. Um, this is an unbiblical church and I, you know, and it doesn't have a good trajectory, um, at least in any biblical sense. Now it might grow in size. It might have all the pomp, whatever, because they're doing the new programs. But, you know, if these are, if these are bad reasons and they're whack and they're teaching false doctrine, or they're just trying to do some silly kind of maneuver, you know, those people you, you're friends with, you know, work hard at trying to get them out, you know, at the same time, don't nag them. If they don't agree with you, maybe they're not as far along as you. Uh, maybe they just don't see it. Just have patience with it. Start, find the good church, get there. And when they see you continue to grow, you know, hopefully they'll start to recognize something in you and you'll have something to point to. Yeah, I would also, this sounds harsh maybe, but your your job is not to, if if they don't want to leave a church, um, at some point you have to honor the fact that they're an adult and that that's their decision. It's not your job then to, on the side, supplement everything that that church is not giving them. You know, at that point, like you just said, grow. Get busy in the new church, be growing, and the best commercial for why you left is gonna be your life. Um, but don't let them then be like a parasite and live off of your spiritual growth at another church while they continue to stay because it makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. you know, or something like that, or their son really likes the Xboxes. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's good. So how about we just give some random thoughts? Um, these aren't, these don't fall in any of these categories necessarily, but um, what are some random thoughts that we had on? Okay. 
one that's I don't know how if we can explain it to make sense. It makes sense to you and I. Sure. But it's just because you have a job offer someplace else is not mean I'm going to up and leave a solid church in which I'm growing and serving and flourishing in because I just got a job offer. It, it goes into a bigger issue that we'll get into with decision-making. But, you know, so often people are making decisions that are not really centered around the body and the, and the church and, and whether they're growing. It's, it doesn't mean you don't take one either, mm-hmm. but um, you got to be really careful that just because somebody, it, I would tell this to a person in any situation, just because a headhunter calls you and is offering you triple your salary, that doesn't mean anything. At all. At, yeah. I mean, it, so what? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the question you have to ask is, why am I, why would I leave? What, what's the compelling reason? And my goodness, if you're, if you're in a sound church in which you are flourishing in, I would be as incredibly reluctant to leave. At the same time, I'm not, I, I'm not pointing my fingers at somebody, you know, thinking, yeah. well, I mean you. you know, it's, it's a case by case. It, it is. Um, it, it really gets into how we make decisions and that, that constant pull of um, yeah. something more. That, but, but we would say, because I know we've talked about this often, is our general disposition in council is not that. It's, it's, why don't you make the decision in light of the church, not in light of the job offer? Um, your identity's in Christ, not in what money you can make or, or your position in some company. I, I have always, I, I would say the same thing. I've spoken to many friends who are pastors who, have gotten frustrated and they leave a church. And my counsel has always been, you should not leave a church until they kick you out. Um, you know, just because somebody's offered you a better, quote unquote, a better job, that always is a better job in pay or size or prestige. It's never better in any other way. I mean, if, if the church is letting you preach and teach and you have that freedom, and you're and you're working faithfully in it. And why are you leaving that church? I'm just so reluctant to do it. And I, and yet I've heard many a church member criticize a pastor for leaving for a bigger church, but then they get a job offer and they're out of there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, whoa! So you're asking your pastor to do what you would not do. Yeah. You know, you you want him to stay because you love him, and he's he's good for the church. But you, hey, the yeah. moment somebody dangles a new job or a new opportunity or more prestige in a job, yeah. you're, you're gone. And it's like, it, it, which is, it, what, very, it, I mean, it's very unpopular counsel, but it is also a counsel that comes out of, of hope that preaches, you know, what Christ had taught, which is self-denial, <laughs> self-denial, um, you know, forsaking certain things so that you might pursue the mission, you know? So people leave all the time because, oh, crap. I mean, they, they quit their jobs so they can go move across the ocean to an unreached people group. Oh, right. I was just gonna say, I'm looking at my, it's, it's negative four degrees outside right now. And what if I get a job offer in San Diego? I mean, that just sounds really good. <laughs> well, that's cause you're not dealing with, Never mind. I'm going to get in trouble if I say <laughs> that. Okay. Just yeah. Out there. yeah. yeah. You, that's going to look really bad when we're trying to like make it look like releasing this weekly. Hmm. Um, middle of June. Yeah. Another, another thing we would say though, <laughs> I have no words for you um, is, <laughs> You, we okay, would also say, and this is just a general general piece of counsel when it comes to the topic of, you know, if, when, how I should leave the church is, is ask yourself 
is the reason you're leaving or wanting to leave a point of preference or is it a, is it a real legitimate biblical reason? Because if it's a point of preference, likely you're going to find an issue with the next church you go to. Um, because again, a lot of this is driven by consumerism. And so if it's not a biblical reason, you know, you're not going to find happiness or fulfillment or the answer at some other church. I've actually met people. In fact, I'm thinking of a guy right now that I met out in the lobby. He was new and I shook his hand. Hey, what brings you to the church? And he started telling me about what he was bringing to this church and why he was excited about becoming a part of our church. Oh, I yeah, immediately told people. him, you should go somewhere else because this is not your church. I mean, you know, you, you actually have some people who are coming into a church that they think they are such a gift. And it's like, man, you are just a world of trouble. You're coming in with some strange doctrine or you're, you know, I had the guy who was angry with me every week if I didn't preach against abortion, which I didn't preach against every week. And so he was angry always and complained to me every week. I saw nothing about abortion. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't in the text, um, you know. <laughs> And he yeah. finally left, but I mean, this—that he was a one-trick pony, and that was all he was about. So, you know, there's there's a time where actually the pastor or leadership might encourage a person: you don't want to be here, and we don't want you here. You're you're not a help to the church. Yeah. In fact, I worry about it with you up there, up some because a new church plant, um, so often they attract. They can attract some of those people who are always wandering around. They're trying to find that place that they can land and create all kinds of problems. And the Lord's been very kind to us that we've not had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, we would also say before leaving a, a church, you should ask yourself what the, <clears throat> and we hinted at this already, but what the trajectory of the church is. Um, you may decide that you don't want to be part of this church because you're not immediately seeing good things, but maybe it's on a really good trajectory. And it's in a, it's moving in a good direction and you want to be part of that and encourage that and help grow that. We'd also say the opposite is true as well. Um, maybe new things are happening, quote, exciting things are happening, but maybe it's all just indicative of, of a, you know, spiral. And, yeah, downward spiral. Right. Yeah. And you want to hop off that train real quick. Um, along with that, then I would say when, when you're looking at your church, be kind, um, be slow to judge your church against the new one or another one that you heard because um, there is that contempt that comes with familiarity, right? You just, I mean, it happens in everything. Um, every marriage other than yours seems to be better. And I'm like, that's because you only see them on Sunday. You know, they have the same struggles. Well, the ch churches are all the same. And I mean, again, I, I went to a church of 25 people and they had all kinds of problems. But I went to a church of 10,000 and I would interview people for jobs there. And they're like, man, just the opportunity to be at Grace. I, I just, just, they were in love with Grace because they grew up as kids listening to John MacArthur on the radio and now they're here. I wouldn't hire any of them because for some weird reason, they thought that sin stopped at the sidewalk of Roscoe Boulevard, which was where the church was. And it's like, with 10,000 people, do you know how many on any given Sunday are walking in the power of the flesh. You know, not just four. You know, you got, a, you know, like two, 3,000 people are walking around in the power of the flesh, and some of those are pastors. And you're going to get burned. You, you, you've got to understand it's not a perfect, and just don't listen 
easily and just assume that everything's bad and, oh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, be biblical in your thinking. Yeah. And then last we would say, <clears throat> and this one's really important, is be very careful of who your counselors are on this subject, you know, who you're listening to. Um, you know, you, you want people to be speaking into your situation who are wise in the word. Um, you know, hopefully there's, I mean, there may or not be big people like that in your church, but hopefully you can find others that are wise in the word and begin to ask some questions and lay on your heart why you're thinking about leaving or, you know, maybe why you are thinking about staying and let them speak into that. You know, hopefully they'll help you see, maybe the church is on a good trajectory. Maybe it's on a really bad trajectory. And so maybe they can help you in that. Um, you know, are, are these people ones who are discipling others? Um, or are they just people who have an opinion about the church? You know, are they people who, in other words, are they people invested in the church and wanting to grow people? You know, just look at their life. Yeah. Um, is this a life that's bound up in the word and because of the word and, and do they show then a fruit of a wise life, a biblically wise life? Um, well, if their kids are as crazed as yours kids and they're out of control, then you, they're not. They shouldn't be counseling you, right? I mean, if their marriage is as bad as your marriage, what, what are they counseling for? Mm -hmm. These are these should be seasoned, wise, biblically sound people, and that's before people start nodding and say, "Oh yeah, yeah." They're harder to find than mm -hmm. you, you want to admit. Um, and, and what's really easy to find are people that will agree with you, right? Um, and so, you know, especially, especially on younger people, I remember my college days where everyone's just jumping around from church to church and they're just going to the next church that has the newest thing, or this person's here, or this worship team's like this, or, you know, this person's this kind of speaker. And so they're all bouncing around as groups and it's just the blind leading the blind in that sense, you know? And so, um, it's really easy to find people that agree with you, or if you're just part of some collection of a biblical people, you know, chances are you're going to find someone that'll say, here's why you should stay, <laughs> you know, and talk you into that. And so, but, you know, just in conclusion, all this, we, we would say that these are broad principles. Again, it's a case by case issue. Um, this doesn't apply to every single situation in the exact same way. And so, you know, you can hear some of these and say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Well, of course, what about this? These are broad principles and just a framework to begin to think through. So if you're wondering, should I stay? Should I go? I don't know. I would, I would just appeal to the person, if at all possible, go talk to your pastor. Just start there. Um, ask them where we're going as a church. Why are we doing things? Listen to him. Listen to his spirit. I mean, um, what I mean by that is, does he launch and get all offended mm -hmm. and get blustery? Or does he does he grieve with you? Does he sit and listen to you and give you an honest hearing? Um, but then when he starts to give his explanation, ask yourself, how biblically informed is it? And don't don't make a decision right there. Just listen to the guy and walk away. And when you're all done, you can really think, at no point, I mean, he tried to make me feel guilty, but at no point did he give me any indication that his motivations or his direction is driven through the word. But give him a chance. Um, you already said it, but it's so easy to find other people who will agree with you, right? And so you just gather them around and they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's harder, but always better to be willing to be shown where you may be thinking in a short-sighted manner, right? Um, it's hard. 
who wants to be told, you know, go back and roll up your sleeves and just stay there. Give the guy a chance. Um, but it also requires a, a level of humility to to realize that you may be have invested time, energy, and money into a place that you need to get out of. That that's so painful. Um, and and yet it requires a level of humility on your end to recognize that for whatever reason this church is gone is going in a direction that's dangerous and I need to get out. I mean, I I've I told our church when they first asked me, you know, what would make you leave? And I said, when you guys will not allow me to preach the word with absolute freedom. And that was it was really that simple. As long as you'll let me get up there and pulpit and, and open the word every single Sunday, I'll be there. I mean, I'd prefer to get paid, but if even that, I was willing to forego that. Just let me preach and let me give that freedom, you know. Um, that's what would make me leave as a pastor is I'm no longer allowed to teach the word there. Then I can't be your pastor, right? Because that's my job. Same thing. If you're not hearing the word of God clearly taught Sunday after Sunday and then lived out and shown how to live that out day to day in through that church, then why are you there? Mm-hmm.